after that MRI, I went straight to Google and I started, I started Googling my symptoms. And immediately it came up as Lermit's sign. And I started to learn a little bit more about that sign and how it was associated with MS. And so I was kind of prepared that this was a possibility. You read about it as if it's a rare disease, but then you quickly find out that there's quite a few people that are struggling with it, more than, more than I thought. Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings and welcome to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Koloskowski, and with me today as our special guest is Cassie Martin. Hi, Cassie. Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for agreeing to share your story with the listeners of this podcast. To begin with, can you talk a little bit about setting the stage of what symptoms you might have experienced or what point in your life this all began for you? I had just turned 31. Um, this was in 2014. Um, I, it was about September ish, kind of, I was in Wisconsin. It was when, um, the temperature started to drop a little bit fall weather. I had been jogging, trying to lose some weight, um, and started to experience some very strange tingling and numbness in my extremities, mostly my left side. Um, my left arm, my left leg didn't really, I, I just figured I had pinched a nerve. Um, I did go to my primary care physician and we kind of talked about it. I um, thought, okay, maybe it's a pinched nerve, you know, we'll rest and see. It, it subsided. And a few weeks later, I started to feel a very strange sensation when I bent my neck a certain way. What I later found out was Lermite's sign. And can you explain that to the listeners, what that might be? Sure. So I would bend my neck downward so my chin towards my chest. And I would get a very, very hard to describe type of electrical, not a shock, but like a buzzing, like there was a buzzer that ran down from my neck all the way down my spine into my the toes of my feet. And it was a very quick like sensation, but every time I would make that motion with my head going downwards, it would occur. And so I I messaged my primary care physician. I said, hey, this, you know, we um we talked again. I went and saw her. But it took me a couple of weeks to get in to see her. And at that time, then the sensation went away. I was perfectly normal. I was like, it's not, it's not happening right now. So we thought, okay, strange. Let me know if it happens again. Couple weeks go by again, maybe. And um, it comes back more, much, much more noticeable that, that buzzing sensation when I move my neck. But at that time it was, my my PCP said, let's get you into an MRI. Make sure there's no nothing weird going on in your uh, your spine. So I had a uh, 
an MRI of my 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 brain and my my spine, my neck, upper neck. And I knew going into that MRI, I knew it was uh, an MRI without contrast because I, I kind of was familiar with the medical terminology. I've been to to radiology school and. So when I was in the MRI and I came out and the technologist came to me and said, hey, we're going to actually give you some contrast to to take some more images. I knew at that time, I'm like, okay, something, you know, they must have found something because this wasn't what was ordered. But yeah, okay. And then the the results of that MRI were uh, that they found some areas of demyelination that was consistent with the diagnosis of, of MS. So you knew when they asked if they could add contrast to your system to be able to this MRI, that something was up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so did you then get your results right away or was there a waiting period where you went back to your PCP or were you referred on to a neurologist? My PCP called me probably within a day or two, maybe two days. Um, I think she called me with the results. And after that MRI, I went straight to Google and I started started Googling my symptoms of, you know, the bending the neck. And immediately it it came up as Lermit's sign. And I started to learn a little bit more about that sign and how it was associated with MS. And so I was kind of prepared that this was a possibility. Um, so when my PCP called me with the results those two days later, she said, it appears to be uh, that you, you have MS, you have uh, demyelination of your nerves. And she then referred me to an MS specialist. Now, prior to this, did you know anyone else who lived with MS? No, no one. Were you familiar with multiple sclerosis? Yes. Yeah. You know, in, in textbooks, I took, you know, anatomy courses and bio, you know, I, I was in the healthcare field and I, I've taken some courses where you learn about multiple sclerosis. That was the extent of knowledge that I had. I always find it interesting that even though there's a million people in the United States who have MS, People often don't know anyone else who has multiple sclerosis until they're diagnosed. And then the world, whole world seems to open up and there's this cascade of people around you who say, oh, yes, I know this person or that person who has MS. Yeah, it seems like it's a you read about it as if it's a rare disorder or disease, but then you quickly find out that there is quite a few people that are struggling with it more than more than I thought you know yeah it always is a surprise so it sounds like your diagnosis even though it took a a little bit really happened within a relatively short period of time of a few months yeah it was a little bit odd in that when I went to see the MS specialist she said that there weren't enough lesions showing on my MRI to make a official diagnosis at that time. I can't exactly remember, but there was a set number of lesions that had to be apparent for her to be confident in the diagnosis. So she sent me for a lumbar puncture and I had 
that, which was very uh, not the best procedure. <laughs> and again, the results of that lumbar puncture came back and she told me that that she was looking for a certain, uh, some measure that they were looking at and, and my results came back without it. So it, it was, she was like, well, even though you don't have the results that we would have anticipated, she basically said we can rule out anything else and, you know, officially diagnose it as MS. But yeah, that was about, I'm going to say that was in December. So it took about four months. Which actually on an MS diagnosis timeline, that is fast, as you probably recognize at this point. So, see, I'm listening to you say the neurologist said, well, you don't have enough lesions and you don't have the O-band markers in your cerebral spinal fluid that we took from the lumbar puncture, yet I'm still going to diagnose you with MS. So I think you are fortunate to find the right doctor who wasn't afraid to go against the standard protocol there. Mm-hmm. For people who are on their own journey here of thinking, I've got these weird symptoms and maybe something's going on, and they start conferring with Google, like you say, and they come up with MS as a possibility. Do you have any suggestions for them as to how to approach getting their own answers? I think something that's really important is finding the right primary care physician. I think I was very lucky in that mine listened to my concerns about those sensations and he or she could have easily dismissed it as, you know, nerve related issue or something. But, um, I I wasn't scared when it, when that symptom came back, I immediately messaged that person, my, my PCP through, you know, whatever means you have a phone call an IM or something, letting them know that, that this feeling is back and is concerning you. So that that primary care physician is informed and can take. So I think the biggest thing for me is if I wouldn't have had that MRI, you know, my diagnosis, like you said, could have, would have been delayed and delayed and delayed without the MRI. Um, And that was my primary care physician who advocated to have that done. Well, in listening to your story, Cassie, the couple things that really pop out at me is One thing you said is timing is everything, that you appeared to your doctor and you followed up with your PCP when the symptoms reappeared. You didn't just try to wait it out to see Mm -hmm. if they would go away a second time. And also the importance of finding someone who listens to you and who will take your symptoms seriously. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the two big takeaways I take from your own journey with MS So do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share with others who are listening to this? I know it's, it's very, very cliche (laughs) to say, and I guess it's cliche for a reason is that, you know, we're the only ones that truly know our body and know what we're feeling. And sometimes it's very difficult to express that to others. For instance, when I was trying to express that feeling that was I was feeling when I bent my neck, it was very hard to articulate what I was feeling because it th- there weren't really many words that would describe it. But I think the important thing is is yeah that I that you um, 
you know your body, you know when something's right, and yet you don't you don't hesitate or delay talking about it with with the provider. <laughs> 